0: This wouldn't be Not Your Average Music Therapist podcast if I wasn't talking with you from the floor of my closet at least once in a while. So (laughs) here I am. My shoes are next to me. My clothes are behind me. We have a big bag of laundry in front of me. And the door is closed um, because I needed a quiet place to chat. (laughs) So I'm coming on here before we get into the episode today um, because I wanted to tell you about the community that is starting up. Um, This is my way to keep this podcast going. And if you are listening to this episode right now, you probably want to keep this podcast going as well. Um, I honestly can't keep it going if it, um does not support me financially in one way at this, at this time. Um, that might change in the future. I don't know, but right now, um, in order for it to be sustainable, um, I need to be bringing in something and that's where you come into play. You can directly support this podcast and with that, you can have influence over the podcast. You can tell me what you want to hear you can, um, come on and be a guest. You can share your ideas and your questions and, and your thoughts that can make it onto the podcast. Um, so you have influence over the podcast. And if you, if you join and support this podcast, um, there are other things that I hope you get from this. Um, my first, my first idea was, was just to make a community because, um, I just wanted to get together with like-minded people and I saw how valuable it was for me to have close music therapy buddies, um, to support me and keep me going when all I wanted to do was leave the field. (laughs) So I, I want to help create that space for you too. And what I found is that it's really hard to do that on Facebook. And a lot of people aren't on Facebook anymore because it's just become a toxic place. Um, And, and yeah, so we need a different place. And then also, um, I know that I need to feel like I can trust the music therapist that I'm talking with. Um, I'm very open and honest with my feelings and my thoughts. Um, but it hasn't always been that way and I'm not that way with everyone. I still haven't shared this podcast like on the Music Therapists Unite Facebook page because I'm scared that music therapists that are very critical and judgmental are gonna listen to it and then send me hate mail. <laughs> so um so I'm thinking that other people have similar feelings about talking with some other music therapists. And that's why I wanted to start this community. I wanted to give us um a safe space where we can talk about the really difficult things about this profession. The things that come up that have to do with other music therapists that make it really tricky to talk about. Um You know, I've been through so many just weird interactions with music therapists, and it's hard to, like, get past those. And what's helpful is talking with other music therapists that are kind and supportive and honest and real. Um, And that's what this space is going to be. So we're starting a community. Um, It's on a different platform. It has an app. And um, it's our own little music therapist pod. And uh, there are different forums, different topics on there where you can share those difficult things that I was just mentioning, the challenges, um, the really, the really big frustrations that we have with this profession or our day-to-day work. Um, and then there are places to share gratitude, things that we want to hold close to our hearts to keep us going. <clears throat> there is a forum to share music. Um I'm excited for this because I know that every once in a while um there'll be a really impactful song that comes up in one of my sessions and I would love to bring it to the rest of you to share and um and maybe maybe you'll you'll bring that song into one of your sessions too. <clears throat> and then um there's also a space where we can share our goals and our dreams and we can keep each other, keep each other accountable. I know for me, it's really hard for me to be like self-motivated. I need other people in my life to keep me on track or at least like have some skin in the game where, um, you know, I'm not only doing this for myself, but other people are counting on me too. Um, so there's gonna be be a space for that, and um there will also be a space where we can talk about um uh business business ideas, business questions, and also things that just come up as um as new professionals, new music therapists. there are so many challenges that new music therapists face that um, music therapists who have been in the field a little while, we've all gone through it. So this will be a space where we can come together and talk about these things and support each other. So that's one big part of, of the community, this space to share and, um, this, this forum, this, this place where it will have different topics where we can chat open and honestly, and then besides that, um, I mentioned before you get, um, influence over the podcast because you are the supporters of the podcast. So I kind of see it as like, we're in this together. The podcast is going to be what we all decide it's going to be. Um, and then once a month, I'm excited to host conversations. This will be a zoom call, of course, cause we don't live in the same space and, um, It'll be a place where we all get together for a little bit of peer supervision. So if anyone has um, some things that have gone on lately, we can support each other and brainstorm and give each other ideas and advice if if that's what we're looking for. Um, and it can also be a place where once a month, one person is either selected or chosen or um, Maybe there is only one person who wants to, who wants to share, but it will be your way of getting free coaching from me, coaching or supervision. So that will be, um, a way where once a month you can get free coaching. And on that note, as a member of this community, you get discounts on everything that I put out, um, because you're supporting the work. You are making this possible for me. So you will get discounts on coaching. I think it's like $10 off. And then you'll get a percentage off of products. So like uh, right now I have the um, spreadsheets out on my website. Check them out if you're interested. Um, So you get a discount on that as a member. Um, And then, yeah, anything else that comes out product-wise, you'll get a discount on. So I think those are... All of the things I wanted to share with you. Um, I'm really excited for this community space for us to get together and chat and support each other in a safe and honest community um, in a place off of Facebook. And I am also just really excited to keep this podcast going because I know it's been so um, important and impactful for all of you. This has been with you for uh, your drives to work, your drives home from work, your drives in between clients. Um, It's been with you as you've been doing laundry on a weekend or dishes at night. It's been with you at the beginning of your week or at the end of your week. Um, It's been with you at the beginning of your career or somewhere in the middle of it. So, um, it's really just an honor to keep this podcast going if you'd support me. And, um, it makes me really happy to have a community space where we can all get together and support each other. So this is my, um, humble ask (laughs) that you would join the membership with me, the, uh, not your average music therapist community. Um, and my hope is that we all will meet people in this community and then branch out and, and just become best friends. Um, one of the communities that I've been part of, not music therapy, but, um, a different thing. Um, we had this cool thing where, you know, we had the teachings and and we had a course and we had the Facebook group and whatever, but then we split up into these little groups and we had like an Instagram DM. That is what I envision for this community too. We have, um, uh, we have our community space where we all come together And then depending on what we want to go after, if it's like, okay, four people want to start a business or five people want to have like a book club or a, uh, like research club where you go through something once a month, or, um, we have a few people who just want to get together monthly and make music online. I want this community space to be like, a launching pad, a place to jump off of where you have the support, you have the foundation, and then you can go and live your life and do your work with the direct support of like four or five other people. Um, And then those people are, you know, maybe going to end up being your best friends for life. So that is my hope for this community. Um, And just in case you're wondering, Um, there are different tiers for um, the cost. So I'm actually on it right now, and I'm going to tell you all the different um, plans. Okay, so we've got the top plan, which is $25 a month. And these prices might change over time, um, but I'll let you know. (laughs) So the top membership is called paying it forward and that's $25. And that essentially makes it possible for other people to have a lower priced membership. And then the next one is $15. And that is the well-supported financially membership. And then the next one is $5 a month. And that's trying to make ends meet membership level. And then the one that I hope makes it accessible for anyone and everyone listening is the $1 a month level. And that's called Nearly Broke, But I Need This <laughs> because I've been there. Um, but I, I, want, I want this community to be open to anyone and everyone um, who needs it. So that's that. Um, the membership will only be open for a short time and then it will reopen, I think maybe one or two other times throughout the year. Haven't decided on that yet. So if you want in on the ground floor, there will be definite perks for the people who join first. Um, sign up now. It's, uh, just go to my website and you'll be able to find it. Or you can type in uh, KimBest.com slash community. I think that's it. Let me double check. Yes, that's it. (laughs) KimBest.com slash community. You'll uh, hear a little more about it. Click learn more. And that will bring you to the page where you can um, pick a plan and join the community. So, I really hope to see you there, and I am so excited for us to be there together. And now we will get into our episode. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me again for another episode of Not Your Average Music Therapist. And Louise, thanks for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. This is exciting. So, oh my goodness, it's so fun. I love having guests on this podcast, and especially guests who have found their way out of the field of music therapy Mm -hmm. and discovered something else that they are passionate about and, um, want to do in this world. Yeah. So how about we jump right into where you are now and then we can kind of backtrack and hear like what those steps were like, what your story is like. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you doing right now? Um, right now I'm job searching. Um,
1: but as with everyone, it's, somewhat of an interesting time to do that. Um, but it's, for me, it's a little less daunting than I think when I was looking for jobs uh, after my undergraduate degree, which is in music therapy. Mm. Um, so I recently just finished my uh, master's in higher education student affairs administration. Um, it's mm. a long name. You just... The acronym yeah, is HISA. Yeah, quite long. A- <laughs> There's a lot involved in it. The acronym <laughs> is HISA. So if anyone says HISA, that's oh. what that stands for. Um, so cool. Yeah, I started um, the program in 2019 at NAS um, with a small little cohort uh, and then worked, you know, my way through the program, through a pandemic. And here I am um, just looking for jobs right wow. now in the area. Uh, Mm -hmm. before that I worked, um, it's kind of like a mismatch of a couple different things. I was in like a operations kind of management role for like tech company, Mm -hmm. um, which was Mm -hmm. like a really interesting shift. Um, And then before that, I was, like, full-time music therapy. I worked at Hochstein as a contract music therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I did my internship there as well, which was – this was a 10-month internship, so quite a bit longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mm -hmm. before that, I had actually taken a little bit of a gap year between um, Mm -hmm. my uh, – before the start of my internship and then, like, when I graduated – so to speak, um, from NAS for my undergraduate degree. Um, Just Mm -hmm. to, it was like, I needed to make money. I needed to kind of like settle myself a little
0: bit before I was like ready to do an internship. Um, It's almost like after those four years of education, you need a little space. Yeah, for sure. And I wonder if that was like even a little foreshadowing of, what would happen... I mean, maybe... For it, you, like, walking away.
1: No, no, no. It, it was... It's a interesting, like, when I look and reflect back on my experiences, because actually, I... So, I was a transfer to NAS. I didn't start there as a freshman. Oh,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I, I did a associate's degree in North Carolina, where I'm from. And, um, like... I mean, originally, I was, like, chemical engineering, so...
0: Was very wow. different. much to, like opposite yes. from from a creative art degree. Yeah, like uh,
1: <laughs> high school was, I was very, I love band. I love music. Um, I grew mm-hmm. up playing piano. Um, and then, but I was also very good at science. And I loved mm. chemistry. I liked physics. And I think part of it was just like, I enjoyed my, my teachers and like the things that we did in class. Um, I'm not really sure that I actually, genuinely loved the field so much but I as I'm as I've gotten older I've found a a better appreciation for the scientific method um Mm -hmm. but uh that's awesome yeah but uh so that kind of was like okay maybe chemical engineering you know like trying to find cures for cancer like that's what my thought process was and then I Mm -hmm. um had some like life events happen and they kind of threw my plans out the window for that. Mm. Um, So I decided to attend the community college. I was taking some like piano classes because I was like, well, I played piano. Like, I think this would be nice. This would be fun. Um, And then I really liked it. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I felt very joyful and very happy doing that. Um, And it was challenging, which Mm -hmm. I think was also important for me. Um yeah. and then like that was kind of like well what do I do with this associate's degree in music mm-hmm. and piano and performance? Um there was like a waiver, like, you know, do I go for like music ed? Do I go for music therapy? Do I go for like collaborate like collaborative uh piano? And I decided on music therapy, and uh, NAS was the school that I chose to do that at, because I just, Mm -hmm. I came onto campus, I went to visit. It was the only school that was outside of North Carolina. Um, Oh, yeah. So this was my, like, you know, far-flung, like, maybe Mm -hmm. I'll go here, because it's, Mm -hmm. like... It had the check marks of what I wanted, but everything else that I chose, like the three other schools that I looked at were much closer to me mm-hmm, um, and my family mm-hmm. and less expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I came on campus and then it was kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't think I can choose another school.
0: <laughs> I had a very similar experience. <laughs> yes. It was like one of those, for me at least, it was one of those like, I have to trust my gut. Yeah. And, like, especially at that age, I wasn't very well-versed in what my intuition is. Mm, mm. (laughs) But there was something. Yeah. There was something with with the school that I'm like, it just feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I I didn't know what it was.
1: Um, Even to this day, I'm kind of like, I don't really know what it was because I chose to go back. So, obviously, there's something in the water. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that, I I went to NAS, that that was three years. So that was, at that point, five years of, like, college Mm -hmm. stuff. And I was like, I really need a break. Mm -hmm. I really need to gather my thoughts and save up money. Because, like, we know in the field, most internships are not paid. Um, Yeah. And that was kind of like, for me, that was like... What a shame. Yeah. I was like, I don't have any barely any work experience and I just needed to develop some type of work ethic that wasn't academic um mm. and then you know hopefully stayed disciplined enough to like keep my music skills up to par with like internship and that all worked out mm. I um applied for Hochstein and got in and then I moved back up here um and did that for a couple years and then I that's that's the transition part into, like, the tech mm-hmm. stuff. I worked part-time because, again, internships are not mostly paid, so I worked part-time, and that was kind of like mm-hmm. a, the tech field side of it. Uh, and I kind of dabbled yeah. a bit more on that side before transitioning to a
0: higher education degree. Hmm. That's really cool. So it's almost like this whole time you've been getting that, real-life experience in the workforce, um, mm-hmm. separate from music and music therapy. Yeah. It's a little bit interesting when I think
1: about my work as a music therapist because mm-hmm. the, the therapy work, working with the clients, was never the exhausting part. That was never the mm-hmm. part that I felt was work, so to speak, Um, Mm -hmm. I always felt very in the moment with those clients um, and what I got to see from them in the work that I was doing. But I think the hardest part was the kind of business aspect, the administration aspect, which Mm -hmm. isn't, Mm -hmm. I mean, can be translated from, you know, how you do schoolwork. But it's if you don't have like a structured way of doing something and you just kind of have to adapt on the fly, Um, sometimes it can be really challenging. Um, Yeah. I think for me that might have caused some of the burnout was just, I didn't know Mm. um, what population exactly I liked working with all the time. And uh, Mm -hmm. every single contract was a different type of documentation style.
0: Wow. So. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like... It's like you were feeling that piece was missing, like mm-hmm. the standardization yeah. within the field. Yeah, like how can we, how can we all say we're doing this thing right if there's a million different ways to do it mm-hmm. and we're documenting it a million different yeah. ways? Yeah, for
1: sure. I, I had looked at uh, during my internship. I had looked at different uh, software programs to see if we could kind of standardize that at least for where I was working. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing mm-hmm. panned out, one, because they're extremely expensive, and two, oh, I think it was, th- there was this data collection piece in a lot of them that not everyone collects data the same way um, for mm-hmm. their treatment mm-hmm. plans for their clients, a uh, therapist, that is, and so it wasn't, s- <clears throat> it was kind of like a, we weren't sure if this would suit what,
0: where I work needed, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know I know specific to that site, it's very much, like, community music therapy-based. Yes, yes. So. so, yeah, a little more of those, like, how are people going to use music in their mm-hmm. own lives, in the community, mm-hmm. together, and not as much, like, um, uh, working on those strict rehabilitative goals. Right. Where, like, within neurologic music therapy, there are somewhat more standardized um, Mm -hmm. ways of of going about that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah, and uh, that experience confounded with, like, multiple different things, I think. It wasn't just one particular feeling or one particular experience that, you know, made me Mm -hmm. kind of shift out of it. It was a culmination of just, I think, time and maturing and like realizing the limitations of my abilities like I am not Mm. and I've never been a very strong singer um I as a kid growing up I tended to get uh sore throats and colds a lot Mm. so that was something Mm. that I knew I tried working on um a lot and I, I definitely improved a lot during my internship um however It was such a physical strain sometimes to work with the larger groups that I had. And I felt what I ended up doing was using a lot of recorded music, which is not bad Mm. in and of itself. However, Mm -hmm. it almost became a crutch, I think, which was Mm. the part that I didn't that that I disliked about using it was because I felt like Mm -hmm. I had to use it because my own physical abilities were not where I wanted them to be. And that's mm-hmm. a very difficult, uh, I think, concept to think about for yourself in a job um, yeah. in a way where it's very challenging to kind of improve, um, you know, like progress and that. Um, right. So hitting that wall, it was, I think, uh, I felt like I wasn't doing a whole lot for the field as well um as an individual Mm -hmm. person I really like knowing that I'm progressing like the field is progressing that and Mm -hmm. and I felt like I there was not a whole lot of opportunity for um innovation I guess um and Mm -hmm. that's not the fault of anyone really it's just I think Mm -hmm. opportunity wise
0: and where I'm at wise um so it was there's yeah so many pieces that were personal to you where it was like you were responsible but maybe you didn't have the supportive environment to move forward with that response like I'm even thinking about singing like maybe it would have been better for you if you didn't have those large groups. And it was more like a one-on-one um, music therapy session. Like that that was like the main thing that you had. And that's kind of like partly the downfall of, of the profession or the downfall of particular agencies is like we kind of get caught up in that where we have a huge group and then we have this great responsibility to advocate for the smaller groups, mm-hmm. but it's like exactly by the time you get there, you're already burnt out yeah i it was difficult
1: because I had to recognize that I may not be the person to push for more of these smaller groups for more of these things that yeah. I wanted i don't i didn't i I was exhausted that's so much. <laughs> it was it was a good amount I there are definitely people who are more well suited to doing this that type of work that kind of advocacy work that I Mm -hmm. don't think that I had those skills at that time I was maybe Mm -hmm. 23 24 at that point uh, when I graduated uh, school so yeah about that age and I mean like most people are like okay mid-20s that's You know, should be flat on your feet. You know, working, grinding, right? And I was still kind of like, oh, I feel so wishy washy. I don't know what what I'm doing. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. So that's and there aren't uh, like those. uh, Sorry about that. There aren't like those um, supports set in place either within the profession. Like I know with other with other fields, it's like you get out of your internship and then you have some sort of an entry-level job where you have direct supervision, and it's kind of like you work alongside that yeah. person, and they kind of mentor you through those yeah. first—I don't know—a few months, year of of the work, and and especially with music therapy, it's like you almost can never get away from that advocacy piece. Yeah, it's it was interesting because,
1: like, I the one thing I did like about where I worked um, and where I did my internship because that was the same place uh I I did have great supervisors like the the two supervisors Mm. that I had were like really helpful they're always there and ready to listen but I think part of it Mm. is that once you kind of become on your own um you know like that piece where you pass your certification like you you pass the board exam (laughs) you get your certification you're kind of in sessions by yourself it is so strange and you're like am I (laughs) I'm <laughs> doing the right thing here. Like I don't have, I, someone told me once, um, yeah. this was a upperclassman of mine who had just transitioned into like working and we were having a conversation while I was still in school. And she was saying like, you don't get this, like once you're out in the field, it's not the same level of validation that you get as a student or as an intern. Mm. You don't get that that was a good job. Like you don't get the you're doing mm. great here. Like that's exactly what you we were looking for. You, th- you have to mm-hmm. do that on your own, and it's really strange because it's all it's all subjective in a sense. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, and I've so never thought about you know, it that way. Yeah,
1: wow. So it is something where like I. It's not that I didn't trust my own abilities, but it was just I. Mm-hmm. I was learning the limitations of my abilities, and mm-hmm. that could only get me so far in the field itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, getting getting past that point, like when you have your your first challenges within the profession, and and when you have to make decisions all on your own with a client, it's like. How do I know if I'm doing this right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, at that point, should I be able to tell? Should I be able to know, like, what it is? And, um, And then for a lot of us, like, to have that supervision, ongoing supervision for those moments, we have to pay for it. Right. And in an entry level job you're making next to nothing. And this is after you had to pay for your internship, yes. or you got you didn't get paid for your internship, rather. Um so it's like that's a really hard piece. Yeah. And then and then I'm thinking too, um Like some sessions and some client work, you have those like magical moments Mm -hmm. where things happen and you're like, oh, this person is progressing. We're doing it right. Like this is working. Yeah. But that's not every day. So it's like, how do you, how do you keep going in, in those, you know, monotonous sessions or the sessions where there's like, something's not clicking. Right. Right. It's like, that's the
1: challenge, I think, for any therapist, not just music therapy, right? Yeah. It's one of those things like, how do I really know that I, what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm doing is where my client needs to go? Um, it, it's really terrifying yeah. sometimes. And, it's, and I think it's why we, why research is important, why Other fields Mm. have evidence-based, you know, literature and canon because that Mm -hmm. builds upon that kind of, like, safety net almost as a therapist as, like, I know that this type of uh, procedure, this type of um, process works because it has Mm -hmm. been shown to work. And I have to trust Mm -hmm. that and also know... One, the limitations and also the outliers that may come from it. Um, I yeah. think in the music therapy work, it's you're using like a combination of different skills, um, mm-hmm. like therapy skills, clinical skills, music skills. That it's <laughs> it's not. I. It feels like we haven't quite built that level of comfort in trusting the literature yeah. in a sense, or we just don't know. Um, all of the mm-hmm. literature to to say and build upon it, um to say that and yeah confidently
0: yeah and 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 I feel like something that I found like now a you know handful of years mm-hmm. into the profession, and now that I'm working on more proposals and trying to get programs going, I'm diving into the research so much more, yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm looking for this very specific thing.' and there's one study on it. Right. So, how how can I say that this works every time if there's just one study with like you know, how many people? Like 20 or or you know, one person. Like this worked with this one client this right. one time. And and then you think about like you mentioned all the different skills, mm-hmm. all the different skill set that you have to have. And I'm like well, naturally, my music skills are not going to be exactly the same right. as this person. And my clinical skills, although we both passed the board certification exam, I'm stronger in some areas of right. of clinical than, than others. So it's like, yeah. how can I even rec- replicate that study? Yeah, It's so, so challenging. Yes, the replication
1: part. Like, so um, I think the one thing... I will say that my education, I feel like I, w- I had more of in my education, was mm. that robust sense of uh, research and why it's important, yeah. right? Like, we, we talk about it. We talk about um, how to conduct a clinical study and all those things. But those are really, what we look at in our field tends to be anecdotal most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, or qualitative so it's something where Mm -hmm. not that qualitative isn't important don't get me wrong but it is something where it's (laughs) difficult to replicate and replication duplication multiple studies is what builds a literature and what allows Mm -hmm. you to go forward with new research based on previously conducted studies And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, like you try to research some type of technique, some type of process, um, and you find one study on it. And it's so difficult to replicate. Mm. And like it's something where you have to do it on your own most of the time. You don't have like funding for it. So it's just kind of like it's, it's so challenging. Sometimes it's just really easy to be like, okay, I guess I can't do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It really does feel like that. And I'm thinking even um you know, as I'm as I'm in contact with this hospital in the medical field, it's like uh recent research is the only research that matters. Yes. <laughs> like we want to see research from the last 5 years yeah. at most. Yeah. And for music therapy, it's like 30 years. 50 years. yeah we don't we don't have that amount of new research coming out and because music therapy is so vast it the research the research is so it's like mm-hmm. you have a mental health study over here and then you have um a rehabilitative study here and then you have one with hospice care and then you have one with um children mm-hmm. and one with autism so it's like there's not a there's not enough of us and and I think that research piece is not it's not as integral to the profession as maybe it should be, at least from my perspective mm-hmm. yeah it's like i didn't go into the field thinking, "Oh my goodness, okay, I need to do research right away yeah it for sure like i I mean like I remember
1: in school that they touched upon that, like we had a research mm. class and everything. But again... That, bit, that, thick, that book. thick book. That thick book. And, you know, the class where we, like, read a whole bunch of different studies and talked about them and yeah. then kind of, like, came up with their own. And it it's all great. Like, it's all important. Um, I think it didn't, however, stress enough why it was important to our profession. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a few kind of terms lacking about it uh especially when we look cross over into any type of like medical field if we're trying to get into yeah. that there, there's a lot of terminology that is important to understand um and we just didn't have that like if you were trying to go into the field you had to do it on your own you had to research it on your own you had to look it up on your own you had to study on your own and that can be challenging when you don't have, like, a mentor to kind of guide mm-hmm. you as to, like, you know, this is what you should read. This is what you should watch. This is what you should study. Right. Um, and the ones who are working in the field are, like, so undated because they're working by themselves. They don't have time right. to put out new research. They don't have time to mentor. It's not like it, it's... Right. Like, we're both very individualistic within our as a, th- like, music therapist within our field, mm-hmm. uh, even though we promote the sense of collaboration, like, that, that, that that's a huge thing, <laughs> right? Like, we, we talk about, um, yeah. you know, co-treating, we talk about working with other therapists, but it's within your own, like, singular practice, it's, you're not mm-hmm. really likely to work with another therapist to, promote kind of like a study or something and for the ones that they Mm, that do mm -hmm. tend to be in higher positions anyway right or Mm, that mm -hmm. they're being funded to do it or it's part of a um continuing you know education there's a lot of stipulations for it
0: I think Mm -hmm, to do something mm -hmm. like that yeah and then the other piece I think is that um music therapy at this point is still a bachelor's level entry so I I feel like maybe um like I can't speak to this because I don't have my master's but maybe that research piece is stressed a little more Mm. in in master's programs and maybe at that point with the added education maybe music therapists feel a little more ready to do research I I don't know I'm not sure I don't know I mean,
1: like, I can only speak to my own experience in a master's program. That, like, we did research was a big component of the program, and it was our capstone was like a culminating piece of like presenting a research study, actually implementing it, and then the results Mm -hmm. from that study. So that that's actively what we were doing, Um, and I that. Could possibly be part of the masters, like creative arts therapy, masters like those. Um, I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. But I mean like that would make a lot more sense in terms of it being at a kind of higher academic level because it does require like a certain maturity, a certain sense of urgency, I suppose, in the field. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, writing skills, I believe um, that, you know, as a bachelor's student, you just may not be there yet.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that age piece, too. I think we forget like, <laughs> how much we're expected to do at, at what kind of oh, age, gosh. you know?
1: Yeah. 21-year-old. <laughs> um, yeah, I think about it. And it's like, sometimes it's always mm-hmm. a little setting when you're like, I'm so-and-so age like in my 20s yet I'm working with you know these clients much much older than me and it's it's yeah. just a strange thought it's not that it's not possible <laughs> it's just really mm-hmm. weird mm-hmm. and so you have to have yeah. this really high skill set of like knowing mm-hmm. music from you know their era knowing music f- that they like um Honestly, knowing, like, you know, context, too, like, time, like, the
0: yeah.
1: experiences that they've had growing up, things like that, that right? are really important sometimes. Yeah, what
0: was um, going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And and I think, too, just that that awareness piece that, that you had mentioned earlier, like, it's so important for us to, to be aware of our limitations. Yeah. And to know our strengths and our weaknesses. Exactly. And... um when when you're so focused on the work and there's all of these added pieces like the advocacy and the documentation and and then just the challenges like it, and already just the age like it's so hard for a young professional to even be aware of what's going on yeah. like internally yeah because there's all these external things going exactly. on that like feel so pressing um so shout out to all of the young professionals yeah listening to this you are doing a great job and this might be a little reminder to um take some time and and listen to your voice listen to that voice inside and see what it's telling you i mean we've all been there like it is if you're feeling that like weird
1: I'm floating out in the middle of the ocean without like, you know, a life jacket. It's, we have all been there and it is not a yeah. fun feeling. And sometimes you just have to keep kind of like, you know, I don't know, floating there for a
0: while. Yeah. So I, I'm so curious to hear for you what that transition yeah. was like. Yeah. So it's like you were floating and you're trying to figure this out and then, was there a moment where you were like, I can't do this anymore, or something yeah. needs to change? There
1: were, so I actually vividly recall the process, the the thought process mm. in which I had to kind of go through where I decided to make the decision to leave the field. Um, it was during my, when I was working as a contract therapist, and um, I had been going through some, Turmoil, I think, mentally and emotionally. I think the it was winter time, so it, the weather obviously didn't help. I was like probably so seasonally you. like you know depressed at that
0: point. And and you having been from uh, North, North Carolina. Carolina, Carolina, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's like a rude awakening. Yes, the yeah. Rochester winters,
1: <laughs> and it, yeah, especially because in school I went home for the winter break. So, then coming, living up here in Rochester for actual full winter was very, like, oh, I don't know that I'm quite prepared for this lack of Mm -hmm. sun that's happening to my body. Yes, seriously. Um, So, in that, I had some conversations with, um, you know, best friends that I had who are still in the field currently, Mm -hmm. um, and just, like, real conversations about, like, how i was feeling about the work i was doing how was i feeling about like the anxiety that i had prepping for sessions mm. i had a lot of anxiety uh. about planning and uh writing documentation and making sure that i was on top of everything and then i would yeah. get into the session i'd be i'd be fine like i was fine in the session mm. but it was just a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. before and after and I've heard that from a lot of people, yeah. and that yeah. puts a drain on your body. Um, so yeah. I was becoming more physically exhausted. Um, I also worked part time, um,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: at another job, and that was you know on my feet all day with people all day. Yeah. Um, and when I, I was a therapist, I was with people. You know, and put it, you put a lot of energy, like your own personal energy, into those sessions. And mm-hmm. it's just, at the end of the day, you're just really exhausted. And mm-hmm. I lost my voice a lot. Um, I wasn't getting sick, um, but it was something where, like, I could feel like I had to actively, like, okay, I need to take some vitamins. I need to make sure that I'm doing this. I need to not go out and meet people because I have to take care of my body. And it was such Mm. a, like I felt like my social life kind of took a nosedive and I was really trying Mm. to focus on making sure that I could afford, you know, like rent and the bills and food and gas and groceries and things like that. And becoming an adult is really hard sometimes in that transition. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, you know, you're like... (laughs) yeah music therapy and just adulthood. adult <laughs> right right so it's it's I mean, maybe it sounds like I'm complaining, but it it is something where I just had to deal with all these different things, and yeah, so I much. was getting really overwhelmed, and I, I spoke to my best friend. I was like, I don't know that I can sustain myself this way yeah. for very much longer.' Um, That was probably in like a January, February timeframe when I had that conversation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And then I was like, okay, let me, let me rededicate myself. Let me just try harder. So I like, I spent a lot of time trying to think positively. Like, like, you know, I want to be here. Mm -hmm. I want to work with these clients. I really like the work that I'm doing. And I did. Um, But I think March, maybe April rolled around and I Mm -hmm. had to reevaluate. I had to talk to myself, okay. really, like, sit myself down, and mm. and say, like, what do I want? What is my body telling mm-hmm. me? Um, can I keep doing this to myself? Because mm-hmm. I, again, like, I had a lot of anxiety, and I... I've had anxiety before I've in a place where it wasn't very good. And I was like, I don't want to go there again. And I feel myself Mm. going there again. Like I see the signs. Um, and it was like that. I'm lucky that I am fairly self, uh, reflective in general, um, and Mm self-aware in general that I could stop myself when it was happening. Um, But it was definitely, like, I had to tell myself I need to slow down and reevaluate what I want to do. So I made the really difficult decision to inform, like, my supervisors and my employer, like, I think I need to step away. I'm going to look Mm. at graduate programs. I want to go back to school. I know that was something that I wanted Mm -hmm. to do. Um, It wasn't immediate because I didn't have a whole lot of money (laughs) so and Mm -hmm. I needed to think a little bit harder about logistically um, finances because I was leaving a job Mm. right I had to think about that Um, because it wasn't an easy decision no matter what like Mm -hmm. even though I knew that's what I needed it wasn't easy because Mm -hmm. it was what I went to school for it was what I had dedicated my life to for the last like you know five six years so Mm -hmm you kind of go through this, like, crisis of, like, did I just waste my time? And I, I look back and I know I didn't waste my time. I There are things mm-hmm. that I wish that I could have done as well, but I did not waste my time. It was simply mm-hmm. a part that I, I, I had to go through and I had to do to be where I am now, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't regret any of it. But it is, it's part of the experience of growing up, you know? Yeah. So uh that that mm. process was I think I ended my contract probably in June of some year mm. of some time, I don't remember mm-hmm. what year it was. Um, <laughs> whatever year so, whatever was. whatever year that was. Whatever uh, year that was. twenty seventeen, <laughs> possibly twenty seventeen, I think. Um mm-hmm. or yeah, twenty seventeen I think. I, I got another job working in the tech field full time. Um, just to stain myself, and mm-hmm. let me tell you, that was even more exhausting. <laughs> really? Yeah, just because it wow. was—it's a different, like a different thing. Just different kind
0: of exhaustion. Different
1: kind of exhaustion. Um, different type mm-hmm. of people interaction. Like. When you're a mm-hmm, therapist, there's mm-hmm. some level of predictability, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, for in, in some in some way, um, like the schedule that you have. The tech job, I was like, I don't mm-hmm. know what, what's happening. I was it was fine. <laughs> I like you know was able to save up and yeah. then I made the decision. I talked with a few people that I knew, friends that I had, um, mm-hmm. like their thoughts, evaluated my skills, um, what I liked, what I wanted to do, and mm-hmm. that's how I kind of landed on this. Uh, program for higher education student affairs Mm -hmm. which is really just it's working with college kids uh helping them and kind of guiding them and i really really liked that um Mm. and so it like if possible i would love to work in a music department or something and work with like you know those kids yeah because i I have that specialized knowledge of being in music school right um but it is something where like right now i'm i'm glad that i went through all that i did um it was definitely hard mm-hmm. at that time but you're like you, you look back and you're like okay cool i i did that i did that
0: yeah and it you know it seems like that um transition happened fairly quickly mm-hmm. and like now just a couple of years later your life looks totally different. Yes, for sure. Um, it, like, I, it, it feels, like, so
1: much bigger sometimes. Yeah. It's so interesting. Anyways. I mean, I remember the feelings that I had when I was thinking about switching or just leaving the field. And it was so, I was so distraught. Like, I was, like, mm. I don't know what to do with this feeling. It was so big yeah. and so overwhelming. And, <laughs> um... It was important though, like I tell my clients, you know, sometimes you just have to feel Mm -hmm. those things and let Mm -hmm. it yourself go through them. You know, I had to do the same thing. (laughs) I had to kind of feel those things and experience like, okay, I have to be this overwhelmed and then I just kind of have to work through it piece by piece. Um, And it was, it was good. It was, understanding myself a little bit more and where those feelings were coming from um Mm -hmm. that allowed me to kind of like really process why I was struggling why I felt like I needed to switch gears and that what wasn't being addressed like I think it was also, like, my, I was lacking something or I wasn't being fulfilled in a certain way. And mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. important to understand so that I knew that wherever I went next, that I, that was an important part to fill or I would be in mm-hmm. the same
0: place that I was then, you know. Yeah. So. That's so, that's so smart to, like, actually identify Okay, it's not that I'm just burnt out. It's like these very specific things were not fulfilling to me or these things were not sustainable for my life. Um, I mean, I
1: had, when I was younger, much like 18 or so, 17, 18, I had had some uh, experiences at that time that were, I was, you know, not troubled, I would say, but I was... uh, It was a challenging time and I had to, Mm -hmm. I didn't do what I did when I was thinking about switching out of music therapy. I I didn't have that piece yet. I didn't understand what the things that I was feeling. So it was like a crisis that back then that I like, you know, I had a therapist and everything that I had to learn those skills. And so Mm -hmm. it was, you know, I was grateful that, you know, I had that experience as tough as it was when I was 18 or so to at that point in when I was like 23 or 24 to really be like, okay, I don't want to kind of spiral into that dark place again. What can I do to identify these things that are making me procrastinate, making me avoid, Mm. making me feel this feeling? Um, So I was definitely like, it wasn't something that I just did out of the blue, it was for sure, based on some, some skills that I had learned
0: previously. So. That's awesome. And it sounds too like you you um you didn't make the transition on your own. Like you had you had supports, you went to your friends, you explored different things. Yeah. That's I think that's huge. It was definitely like I it I didn't want to just be like,
1: I'm feeling this way, so I'm gonna make a decision. Like that is never what you want mm-hmm. to do. Like ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is like It's important to know what, like, an initial gut reaction is because sometimes that's very honest. Um, But, however, I've learned that your heart can be really, really fickle. Your feelings can be really fickle. Mm. And what we feel is sometimes bigger than what it actually is. And I had Mm -hmm. to marinate in those feelings and then take a step back and think about, am I just feeling those things because it's reactive as opposed to it being true? Um, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was such an important part which is why you know I had to speak with other people I had to talk to my friends who were like in the field and like what do you think like let me tell you about my experience what like do you see what I'm seeing? Like, is what I'm feeling mm-hmm. validated in a sense? And is it normal. Yeah. Normal. Like it's a normal, like, is it normal for yeah, me to like, feel do like you I feel
0: all of these things?
1: Exactly. Like, do I, is it normal to not know what I'm doing? <laughs> I feel like I'm not knowing what I'm doing. Um, and they're like, yeah, it is. And, um, and it was just kind of like walking through like, you know, okay, why do you want to stay in the field? Okay. That's, that's what you feel like.
0: That's mm. not how I feel.
1: And is that, That's important. So um, I think that was really helpful, just having those friends and colleagues, you know, to talk Mm -hmm. to, for sure. Like, don't be an island. It's absolutely something you have to talk with other people about, too.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so important. And that's exactly why we're having, you know, this conversation today. It's the whole point of it. Um, So... Let me see, I think we're winding down, but I wanted to ask, like, for anyone interested in, in um, the higher education field, um, what, you know, like, what, what do you hope to be doing with that degree, and, and what might it look like? Sure, yeah. Um, the
1: field itself, I will, like, the, the degree, I will say, comes in a couple different iterations, because higher education... Is very mm-hmm. vast in and of itself. Yeah. Um, what we what this specifically is looking at higher education, this degree, is, like, administration. So looking at mm. the people who are your academic advisors, the people who work in, you know, making sure that you graduate on time, registrar, um, the, the staff who are in the offices that like, kind of run the college or university that you don't, maybe you don't run into, but they're there, they're working. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like, student affairs, uh like directors and people who work in Title Nine make sure that like you feel safe on campus um mm-hmm. and like have an advocate if something unfortunate happens um, or terrible happens you know um, mm-hmm. those are those are the different avenues you can kind of branch out into because mm-hmm. what from what our program what the program I took at Nazareth it was um Focused on giving you, like, the knowledge, the history, um, giving you, like, practical skills. We had a lot of internships that we did um, and, like, kind of... Not clinicals. I shouldn't say clinicals because I wasn't a therapist. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, uh, it, yeah, a lot of internships and graduate assistantships so you could get real-life experience and feel, like, where mm-hmm. you want to go. Um, I definitely... Mm-hmm. It, it's something where um, I enjoyed... The training aspect of working in technology in higher
0: education—people
1: mm. um, don't expect that yeah, from that me. That tech piece coming, yeah, back. yeah, that tech piece coming back exactly. And I don't know that it's ever going to leave my life at this point, so yeah. I might as well <laughs> just embrace it. Um, that tech piece, and then working like working with students is slightly different than working with clients and patients. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a real kind of joy you get to experience when you see changes and growth in students who are in this really like weird time in their lives (laughs) they're not quite an adult they're not quite a teenager they're more autonomous because they're out usually outside of their parents home um they're Mm -hmm. branching out into things that they might want to do as opposed to maybe what Mm -hmm. they're forced to do in high school mm, are expected to yeah expected to do, expected yeah. to do. Um, and it's such a pleasure to kind of just work with them and see them grow and see those changes and it's uh, there, The sense of satisfaction that I get in doing that some of that work is similar to how I felt, you know, when I was a therapist and working with clients who I could see, so cool. like, able to reach, you know, towards their goals and work towards their goals. Um, it's just slightly different because you're not, you know, you're not writing a treatment plan for them. You're just seeing them mm-hmm. have this autonomous notion that, you know, they can get where they can get to. I guess that was poorly worded.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, it was. Yeah. Almost like that discovery piece. Yeah. That happens on its own. Yeah. And I really enjoy doing that type of
1: work. So for Mm -hmm. me, I, you know, I really like to be some type of academic advisor or even like instructional Mm -hmm. um, technology specialist, some, some way in which I can have that tech piece because to me it is i'm so knowledgeable of those things at this point that i feel like it would absolutely have to help me <laughs> otherwise mm, it would be mm-hmm. a waste um
0: mm-hmm.
1: but also just uh, like i enjoy mentoring like mentoring mm-hmm. is really really such a great a feeling not because i get a sense of necessarily satisfaction in doing it but just because i like seeing people grow
0: mm-hmm. yeah Hmm. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Mm. Well, this has been so cool to hear, um, like, where you started and where you are now and, like, what the possibilities are. And I, I think it's going to be so helpful, too, for maybe some music therapists who are in that place where they feel unsettled yeah. and they're like, something, something needs to change. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I also really like having these conversations to just normalize that it's okay, it's okay to explore, it's okay to change gears, um, and you can find a lot of fulfillment in something else too. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely very (coughs) privileged in the fact that I did have a part-time job during the time I was making that transition because there are going to there are going to be some therapists of like out there where it's just it's not feasible to make that decision like I did because there's not something for you to kind of fall back on like I I completely Mm -hmm. understand that and I am very lucky that I did have a second job to help me kind of Transition in that place. Mm -hmm. For others, it's this is the only thing that they know, and it it's very scary if you don't have that piece um, Mm -hmm. to help you. Um, So definitely, you know, like that's kind of where making sure you speak with other people in your network, in your you know kind of circle Mm -hmm. to help you make those decisions and think like not even make decisions, but just making sure that you're looking at every angle that you can um, before making a decision, before either saying no or saying yes to something. So,
0: mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's great. Great advice. Um, so I would love to know um, how can people connect with you? Yeah. Online if they're interested in chatting more. Absolutely. Um, I, I, do not have, like, a Facebook anymore.
1: I deactivated my Facebook. Mm-hmm. But you can still reach me on Instagram. Um, my handle is louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, dot Z-H-U-L-Y, Julie. What, that's how you pronounce that, louise.julie, um, is my Instagram handle. And you can DM me there if you'd like. Um, it is on private, so you might have to request uh, first. But just <laughs> introduce yourself. Um, saying you know like you're of the music therapy profession or maybe you're not and you just listen to Kim's podcast which is great um, and you have some <laughs> questions for me and I'd love to answer them I can't say that I will answer quickly I have like a 30 minute timer <laughs> limit on my Instagram <laughs> so that I am oh not my on goodness I want to
0: have you back on to talk about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I am trying to be mindful of how much time of, yeah. of myself that I give to social media applications, things like that, instead of being mm-hmm. present in the moment.
0: Um, so that's why I have that turned on. And, I mean, there's probably an obvious answer to this, but have you seen a huge difference since you've set that limit, like 30 minutes? Yeah, I mean,
1: it's just, I, yes, actually. I'm just mm-hmm. not on my phone as much doing yeah. nothing, is really what it is. It's it's not about not being on my phone. It's about the doing nothing part because I am not great with being idle. Um, I like having something to do, and scrolling mm-hmm. through Instagram when it's not productive for me. Like when I'm just doing it because mm-hmm. I want to, you know, look at pictures of cute cats and dogs. That is not <laughs> always super productive, and so I just mm-hmm. it's helpful and being like you know, there's a limit, this is a reminder that you've reached that 30 minutes, maybe put your phone down and do something else, so,
0: because <laughs> yeah. you
1: can definitely bypass it, it's not like, you know, be all, end all, it's just like a reminder saying like, hey, this is 30 minutes have passed, you might want to yeah. do something else right now, so.
0: I actually put, um, uh, I forget what it's called, I think it's like, a. it's called a limit yeah. on social media on my phone. Mm. Screen time with, with the yeah. iPhone screen time, yeah. maybe it's screen time. Yeah. So like at a certain time of night, every night it like kicks me off. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm like, Hey, I have that. <laughs> and yeah. then I have to make the, the actual choice. Do I stay on or do I stay off yes. since it kicked me off? Yeah.
1: I actually have, so I have the limit for Instagram and then I have a actual like screen time thing where everything shuts off. Like everything except maybe messages and phone calls, like everything on the mm-hmm. phone shuts off at twelve thirty a.m. until five mm-hmm. a.m. So that I am not. Mm. So that it's a reminder to not stay up past that time because yeah. I will probably hate myself in the
0: morning. <laughs> yeah, and and it's interesting too because it it, it feels like you you're like okay phone you can only be a phone. <laughs> At this time, you can only do the normal, like, old-school functions of having a call, a phone call. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Um, It's been helpful. I mean, like, it's (laughs) – I ignore it sometimes, of course, but Mm -hmm. uh, it Mm -hmm. is definitely helpful in trying to manage, like, you know, my sleep and my mood sometimes. Like, you don't think about it, but being on social media sometimes just puts you in a bad mood. It makes you, like Mm – envy it makes you feel bad about yourself sometimes that you know like yeah. those feelings like the fear of missing out stuff it's just kind of like you don't yeah. actively think that it's happening but sometimes you're just like oh why do I feel like so right.
0: crappy right now and sometimes that's what's happening mm-hmm. it's like it's so stealthy yes <laughs> it, it happens and, and you didn't even realize that mm-hmm. it happened yeah um Oh, well that's a great that's a great ending piece for <laughs> all of us to be more mindful of of our phone and social media usage because it really does affect us. Yeah. And as someone who works awesome. in tech, well, I can definitely say that. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> did you watch that that one? Um the
1: documentary on documentary. Netflix? Yes, I did. I mean, it's definitely biased in certain ways, mm-hmm. for sure. Um however <laughs> It is important to know about your data. It's important to know Mm -hmm. uh, about your privacy and what's online, how it's very almost subliminal in the way that companies can kind of retrieve your information and then use it and Mm. sell it. Um, It's important. Like, it's important to be aware of your digital footprint, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do this practice where it might be a little weird, but I Google my phone number, I Google my email, and see what websites it pops up on. And then if I see it on anything, mm. I'll actually ask to have it removed. Um, because it's, oh, wow. that's, for me, it's like, you know, that is something where, like, I don't want to give out my information unless... I have to, so mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's something that I do. That's not something that everyone has to do, of course, but I just, it's one of those things weird,
0: like, ugh, should I Google myself? I don't know what will pop up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you probably see it, you know, every day working in tech, like the worst things that could happen. Yes. yeah, definitely. Some people, like, mm. you
1: know, it, You get the people who are, like, really consumed with technology, and that's okay if that's what they want to do, I guess. Um, If they're aware of Mm -hmm. that it's happening and that's like, yep, no, I'm okay with it. Uh, The people who are really unaware of tech, who don't know, you know, to not click on a link, to not just sign up their emails like on Facebook the people who ask questions about like you know what's your uh what was the name of your first pet or like what was the first car that you had those are um, trying to answer those are trying to get into your security questions don't answer those questions yeah. on Facebook. Like, don't do it
0: wow well I I love this I love that you you gave us like hands-on tips as we you know finished up this conversation this is great no <laughs> no I
1: was thinking where uh where the conversation to go, but you know it's great. It's fine. I love. It's why I like talking about. It's why I'm
0: in still in tech because I like talking about these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. It's so helpful, and and it's, it's you. It's part of you. It's part of your yeah. skill set, and part of what you can offer to people. Awesome. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to throw out there as advice for anyone? going through that that weird transition um, maybe out of the music therapy profession. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think there are resources
1: available everywhere, um, especially if you're struggling with figuring out where you want to go. Like, you know that you can't
0: mm. stay
1: in the field, but you're struggling with where you want to go. There are online resources, like interest profilers that you can kind of take these surveys that help you curate you know different professions that you may be suited towards because of your interest mm-hmm. um, those are great mm-hmm. um, a lot of human resource uh, specialists use those to help you know with career changes and things like that <clears throat> um, but also it's okay to struggle in your field but still want to stay in it Like, that's an important piece, too. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. want to say that if you're struggling, you need to leave. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what this is about. It's, like, sometimes you have to go through that turmoil of, should I stay, should I go? And still Mm -hmm. decide to stay in the field because it's what you want to do and that's what you love. And that's absolutely great, Mm -hmm. too. There's nothing, like, there's no right or wrong in this. It's what's right for you um, that's important.
0: Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that. What's right for you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much again yeah. for coming on, having this conversation. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed
1: this chat. I don't get to talk with myself a whole lot, so it's been an interesting experience.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is all about you today. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird, but that's great. It's fine. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We will chat with you soon.